Blog Talk Radio. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, 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 one. We have ignition. Strap in.
Well, it's interesting because the way the NBA is working, you know, obviously there was an increase in the salary cap. So all of a sudden, every team had, you know, roughly $20 million. Some of the teams had more to play with uh, to chase for ages. And we saw how a team like the Lakers, who Kobe Bryant, uh, his contract came off the books, and you get the salary cap boost. Next thing you know, uh, they're giving Mozgov $65 million over four years. You know, role players' salaries just jump through the roof. And, you know, Kevin Mawai, uh, one of the guys from uh, the NFL Players Association, uh, and uh, he was a former uh, all-pro center for uh, the Tennessee Titans, came out today and he said, look, all you NFL players who are talking about the big difference in the salaries and the big issue – you're dividing, you know, 70-plus million dollars amongst 15 guys at most. Usually it's really, you know, 10 guys, and then your last couple are making league minimum. Because the NFL is twice the cap of four times the players. So, so you know you're not going to get those contracts. And, and that's really what it is. Since they're just spending what they can spend. They don't care uh, what the ramifications of if they go over the cap or not. It's just like having free money, isn't it? Just money to throw away. Well, let's talk about you know a few weeks ago I I I was locked in and and I said Kevin Durant staying in OKC and I remember you coming back saying oh really you know like and and I'm getting worried now being a Kevin Durant not a Kevin Durant fan but I like OKC and I like what they're doing but to me if Kevin Durant was for real, going back to OKC, don't you think he would have already done it? What is his purpose in dragging this out? Is it possibly for next year working out some deals? Because the way it's looking, there's a chance, man. There's a chance that Golden State or Boston uh, takes Durant. Could you imagine the Golden State Warriors with Durant? Could you imagine Boston with Durant? I mean, OKC, I think they're in danger of losing him. What do you think? I thought OKC made a really good deal to put a two-guard on the floor um, next to KD and Russ. And then, uh, you know, now you're able to get Adams out there and cancer. You got Ibaka. I mean, I thought Oklahoma City made a great deal to make a move uh, to show KD, hey, we want to keep you. We're trying to compete for this year and beyond. Now, what I think Durant's doing is, A, Rangey's been open like two days. I mean, he literally had all the meetings. I believe it was yesterday. So, you know, I'm not expecting them to make a decision in, in, in 20 minutes. You know, take your time. Make sure you're doing what you think is right for you. And I think what he's really sorting out is, do I sign a max extension with OKC? Do I do the one-and-one deal that LeBron had with Cleveland? Um, or do I go get a big deal from Boston? Maybe I look at a max deal from Golden State, uh, San Antonio. You know, he's really debating here, do I want to stay in the West or do I want to go to the East? If I go to the East, I know that I'm going to be a contender every year. So you know, I, I give him, you know, take your couple of days, figure out what you want to do. I have no issues with that. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to Boston and Oklahoma City. Uh, it's either going to be stay loyal or at least just do the one-on-one and see what Russell does. Or it's, you know what, I, I, I've tried with this organization. We've gotten close. We can't sink the money ball. Let me go be a contender at a conference that almost guarantees me uh, a shot in the Eastern Conference Finals. I want to ask you something, and I don't know if anybody's ever asked this question, but do you think Durant likes playing with Westbrook? 
You know, it's a, it's an interesting question because at times it seems like they, they really enjoy playing together and other times you can tell that uh, Russell definitely frustrates Kevin, especially when he goes zero ball mode and it's get up the floor in three seconds and try and drive the lane, try and go for a layup. So I, I think he enjoys playing with them to a point. You know, it's almost like any relationship anybody had with Kobe, though. You know, there were times where he loves Kobe, and then all of a sudden he's jacking up 40 shots. He's hit five of them, and you hate playing with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you, you look at Durant, you look how close they were to, you know, and I think OKC, the – that's a that's the thing. You're you're top three probably coming back to OKC. You have Golden State that's good. You have a Portland team that's improving. The Clippers you have to worry about. Uh, I mean, there's just so many Spurs. I think they're going downhill. Uh, I don't think they're going to be a big deal. But going out to Boston, does he really believe that? Will Durant make Boston a contender? Will they be better than Cleveland? Will they be better than Indiana? Uh, some of these Toronto teams, you know, that, that's looking good. Do you think Boston could make a jump that quick if they got Durant to be Eastern Conference champions? Do you think they'll have enough to, to dethrone LeBron and Cleveland? I think they could. I mean, you're talking about putting out, uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas, uh, you know, Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, uh, you know, you know, and that's the thing. They signed Horford. So you have Horford, you have Durant with Isaiah Thomas, and I, I think you have a pretty good threesome there. Uh, you, have, you have a point guard who can score and facilitate. You got a guy on the wings who can rebound, plays great defense, can score. You got a guy, a big guy, who can actually spread the floor a little. So I think that would make Boston an immediate contender uh, for, uh, for the Eastern Conference, and I think they could dethrone Cleveland. Man, how did Indiana make out in this whole deal? Man, they, they look good. Indiana coming back, getting some huge moves. Um, I think Indiana is a legitimate contender right now for the Eastern Conference Finals. That's why I was saying that is, you know, people think Cleveland, just Cleveland, but now there's other teams, especially if Durant goes to Boston. You've got four or five teams that can win this league, not just one. Well, I mean, Toronto, for the most part, has stayed intact. I think that there's somebody who's um, going to, you know, make a push in the playoffs again. I think Detroit can only get better. Uh, you know, Indiana, obviously, another year of healthy Paul George. Uh, you know, Jeff Teague. I mean, you know, Indiana could make a push. It's going to be interesting to see other young guys like Miles Turner and that grow and mature and all these things. Uh, you know, Miami, of course, is never away. Miami probably will hang around again. So that, there's definitely a lot of talent uh, in this Eastern Conference. I mean, you know, Milwaukee, who has one of the most talented and just weird-looking rosters you're ever going to find, um, you know, that's somebody who could make noise again. Last year, obviously, was a really bad year for them, but they could bounce right back. So I, I, I still believe, though, that Durant elevates Boston to a status in which I think my, uh, Cleveland is their only competitor. So talking about the Miami Heat, what kind of slap in the face did they give Dwayne Wade? And do you think Dwayne Wade's going to come back and be a Miami Heat? Because how do you come back from that low ball offer they they gave him? And I know it's business, but remember, Dwayne Wade gave up a lot of money to, to get LeBron there. And he's, he's been a team player the whole time. 
now when it's time to pony up the heat lowballing, what do you think that's going to do for Miami? And is, is Miami looking to maybe try to get Durant? Well, of course, Pat Riley would love to get Kevin Durant, and that's why they haven't really sent Wade a real offer. They're in a holding pattern right now. Uh, if KD accepts, then obviously Wade, you know, they got to figure out, they'll figure out the Wade thing. If KD doesn't come to Miami, I'm pretty sure Wade will get paid. Here's my thing. Dwayne Wade needs to look around the NBA and go, how many teams need an aging six foot three shooting guard who might play 60 games a year? How much money do you think he's going to get on the market right now? You know, and, and oh, well, Miami owes me money. Miami don't owe you none. All right, hey, you're it's business. You've made it's hundreds business. of millions. Well, well, it's a business, but you've made hundreds of millions, and you got two rings with LeBron coming in. So what does Miami owe you? They don't owe you jack squat, dude. They owe you nothing. You're a god of a city. You tried to leave before. If LeBron had not gone to Miami, Dwayne would have gone to Chicago. Guarantee it right now. So, I mean, as loyal as yeah. you've been, you were only loyal because LeBron and Bosh showed up. Come on, dude. Yeah. yeah, there's no loyalty in the NBA anymore in sports. You know, you look at these names, it doesn't matter what market these guys play in, Jonathan. It doesn't matter anymore. These guys are going to – the shoes are going to sell. They, it doesn't matter People follow players. They don't follow teams anymore. Would you agree with that? People are all about the players. They're not about the team. That's the way I look at it. Uh, I look at the player, and if Durant played in Boston, I could care less. You know, I'm going to watch him play, and I'm going to buy his gear. Right. No, I 100% agree with that. That's definitely something I noticed. That's where you saw that new division, Uh, you know, Kobe or LeBron. Uh, You know, you got guys who are Rose fans and, you know, things of that nature. I mean, you know, I, I, I do, I agree with you. I do believe that there is a number of people in the league who are uh, just uh, fans of players. And and that's also something that you're starting to see in other sports uh, because of, uh, you know, fantasy sports. You know, definitely in football. You know, people care more about what Larry Fitzgerald did for them today and not if the Bucks won or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, fantasy people, I mean, fantasy football is huge, and you know, people play fantasy basketball, but it's it's about the championships and the rings is what these players care about. And I know, some, I think it was Colin Coward was talking about it. Nobody cares anymore about the Lakers, you know, like what they used to be. It's, where can I go get a ring right now? That, that's what people are looking for. Nobody's interested in going and playing for the Lakers and rebuilding, Jonathan, and because it's the Lakers. Who cares? You'll go, you'll go to Boston. You'll go to OKC. You'll go wherever it takes to, to get that. And here's a surprising move to me. The Lakers, you know, they, they, they really struck out, if you, if you agree with me here. Moscow, really, that's, that's who you're going to pay this money to? I know you have to give it to somebody, Jonathan, but Moscow, really? That, that's, how, that's the, the direction. That's all you can get. You can't even get people to have a meeting with L.A. anymore. They'll do a text with you or maybe a Skype, but nobody wants to come visit L.A. You know why? Because it doesn't matter anymore. They suck. The ownership sucks now. Um, All the leadership. I mean, what does L.A. have to offer, really? Besides the weather and celebrities, what? Tell me what L.A.'s got. the, The thing the Lakers have is obviously, you know, uh, location, location, location. You're in a great location, whether it's uh, uh, for the weather, whether it's for the honeys, whatever you're looking at. 
they got a great locale. Um, and then lo- looking at it, I mean, there's the prestige of being a Laker, of being in L.A. I mean, that, that means something. So other than that, though, you're right, though. I mean, because here's the thing. How many people want to rebuild? Not a lot of teams want to, not a lot of players want to be part of a rebuilding process. It's a very tough and long thing. Now, could certain players expedite this process? Yeah, I mean, Devin Durant signs with the Lakers. They're no longer rebuilding. They're a playoff team. Deal with it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, but looking at the Lakers, this is a young, this is a young, talented team. You have D'Angelo Russell. You have uh, Brandon Ingram. You have Jordan Clarkson. You have Julius Randle. And you're going to have Mozgov playing the five, who really got paid to get rebounds and block shots. So I think looking at the Lakers, this is going to be a team that, you know, people want to talk about Minnesota because of Wiggins and Towns and all that. Look, man, the Lakers are going to be fun to watch next year too. You know, we, we, we need to stop trying to discredit certain teams because they've rebuilt through you. And that's a big problem with the NBA. People go, you know, if you're not signing the big-name free agent, people tend to forget about you. Well, not for nothing, yeah. but a lot of past champions were built through the draft. Yeah, it's coming back to them. Lou Aldane, I know a lot of people don't agree. I think that was a great move. Uh, kind of a veteran for this young team. I, I like Lou Aldane. Four years, $72 million. You get him along with Moscow. I mean, the Lakers could be competitive in the next few years, and, and maybe they're waiting to sign that big free agent next year. Maybe maybe if they can win 30 or 40 games, which probably won't happen, uh, they can get somebody to come. But they have to show – I think the pieces have to be in place before some big free agent comes. Don't you agree? I mean, they have to be ready to win when that guy steps in there, not a part of a rebuilding oh. project. Oh, I agree 100%. And I think Russell Westbrook is the guy that they want. Uh, you know, from UCLA, all that other stuff. I think Russell is uh, is the guy that that team's coveting. And I think... Uh, he's a, they're, he's they're, the best player in the NBA. That, that's the best player in the NBA right now, man. To me, Russell Westbrook. I don't care what anybody says. It's hard to argue that. And, you know, with his contract being up next year, I think the Lakers just trying to position themselves for Russell. And if that's the case, they bought a D'Angelo. He'll get traded somewhere somehow fast. I like LeBron. I mean, he's a great player, but he doesn't have that killer instinct that Westbrook has. Westbrook is stupid sometimes. I'll give him that. <laughs> he, he he does try to play hero ball, but, man, there's nobody that can get to the hole like he can and, and impact the team. I would love to see the Lakers get him. And maybe Durant, partly, maybe Westbrook has told Durant. Maybe they, they've had a heart to heart and said, look, you know, I'm, I'm leaving after this year, so do what you want to do. But even if you want to come back one year, but I'm leaving. So Durant may be weighing that. You never know how these guys are. And if he goes to Boston, that means that, that Westbrook's probably leaving next year. Wouldn't you agree? If he leaves, if he leaves OKC, don't you think Westbrook's to follow next year? Right. I mean, it, it, I'll tell you what, this free agency period has just uh, – it's just really impressed me, all the money being spent and what we could have next year uh, if we have more of these one-on-one deals. I, I'll tell you what, man. Good good on the NBA and the Players Association for getting their guys paid. Good on them. All right. If you'd like to call in tonight, CA, 
cuatro, seis, siete, uno, seis, cinco, cinco, seis, cuatro. How does that sound, Jonathan? Maybe we can get some Spanish speakers in here. Six four six seven one six five five six four. If you'd like to call in and talk some free agency <laughs> with us, um, we're we're about to move off that real quick. But uh, but anyway, you know it's it's fun to watch this free agency. The NBA is starting to come back to life again, man. You know how people. I'm gonna, I may actually watch the NBA regular season next year because of the excitement. I mean. What has the NBA done to get the excitement back? That's the last question on the NBA we'll talk about tonight. But, you know, a couple of years ago, I care less about it, John, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't hear me talk much NBA at all. Now I'm really in love with the NBA. What did they do to make me fall in love with it? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Well, they put a good product in front of us again. I mean, that's that's my big thing with the NBA right now is we have a good product again. This is the product that we saw in the early to mid nineties that, that we were all excited for. So uh, I think that's why a lot of people have fallen in love with it. And obviously basketball can get better. Um, I still think making uh, some of these one and done guys wait another year would be a great idea. I mean, that is what it is. That's a battle that we're probably never going to win. Um, but I think, you know, when you have stars, you know, you, you get turn on the playoffs. LeBron, Kyrie went, went star mode this year. You had Durant, Westbrook. Uh, you had guys like Curry and Thompson and Green. You know, you saw so many good, high-level players this year. And I think that's what's made people start to fall back in love with the NBA. Yeah, well, I just wanted to see what you thought. I think so as well. On the baseball real quick, just one thing I want to say that Strasburg and, and the Nationals organization, I'm sorry for some reason something just popped up on my computer. Strasburg and the, the Washington National Organization, I mean, take the, take the training wheels off. The guy's got a no-hitter in the seventh inning and you yank him. I don't care. What's happening? You you got a no hitter going into a game in a game, Jonathan. You don't come out. I don't care what your pitch count is. I don't care if it's your first start back from the DL. I mean, are they being too cautious with this guy? I mean, he's been hurt being cautious. Why not take the training wheels off and let this guy pitch? And maybe that helps him from being injured all the time. I'm sick of Strasburg and the way Washington handles it. Well, the problem is they take the training wheels off and they get hurt. So, you know, as much as Steven has great electric stuff, his body's just not built to handle full starting load. Uh, that, that, unfortunately, that's just the fact of the matter. So I'm perfectly okay with them pulling him today. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't want to see that, but it is what it is. On a separate note, Watch the Braves and Marlins game tonight. They're playing at a Fort Bragg in North Carolina, you know, the, their army base in North Carolina. I mean, they built a stadium at the base to play this game tonight. Tune in, check it out. It's probably going to be one of the coolest uh, fields you're going to see in, in a while for a Major League Baseball game. We will be tuning in. That is at 8 p.m. Eastern time, probably about the same time we'll be leaving here tonight. And watching. Speaking of the Braves, Jonathan, these guys, I was watching them the other day. You've been watching them, and 
seems like they're starting to get some chemistry together, man. It's like these guys are starting to play. And uh, they're not the worst team in baseball anymore. And do you see Atlanta being that team at the end of the season, costing someone maybe a wild card shot? Uh, they're playing a little better. I mean, they're, they're, they're winning games. They're winning some series sometimes. They just seem like they're having fun. And that's, that's what you see. When you see young people losing, they're having fun, they start winning, watch out, because the Braves could be fuller down, down, the, down the shoot here, down the stretch. Yeah, they're, they're a young team. They're going to keep getting better. Uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, I think Fyron, their, uh, their manager, was a great start. I never thought Freddie was that good to begin with. I know Bobby Cox kind of hand-picked him, but sorry, Bobby, as much as I love you, you made a bad decision. So uh, I think this team's going to be better. You're going to see young guys come up this year. They're going to be very talented. And it's like I told you, and it's just like I was telling Cubs fans in 2012, be patient, wait. It's a long process, but the dividends, they are something that you would never want to miss out on just as Kansas City. Yeah. Well, we talked baseball and basketball tonight when we, we've had fun. It, you know what July fourth represents the way in sports talk, Jonathan? Do you know what it what it what it means? Like what does that mean for the show? It's like a month till fall camp starts. That's right. It's football time. It is football time and this is I've 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 done some research on my show with our show, we look back at, at trends and statistics, and the, the shows immediately after the 4th of July, people start picking it up, and, you know, everybody comes back from vacation, they're starting to, they're getting back settled in, they start getting the football, SEC media days, uh, the camp starts with the NFL. I'm excited, man. I don't know about you, but tonight, I just want to do something special before we get into some debates in college football. There's some topics I want to talk about, but I want this year, I'm not talking about all-time quarterbacks. This year, I want Jonathan and I want myself to list the top ten quarterbacks of 2016. If you're ready to do that, if you're not, that's fine. Um, And we'll post them on our Way in Sports page and see what people think and see how far off off we are from each other. Because I think you're going to be surprised at my list. I may be surprised at yours. Do you feel like doing that tonight? I haven't done too much homework into that, to be completely honest. Uh, I can tell you who the best quarterback in college I can tell you who the best quarterback in college football is next year. I can tell you another guy who's definitely going to be a top five kid. Um, other than that, I'm guessing. How about I give you my 10? How about I no, – I'm talking about the NFL. I'm talking about oh, this year, the NFL. Easy. Oh, that's easy, yeah. Yeah, that's what – okay, at number 10 – uh, Jonathan, I have Jameis Winston at number 10. That's who I have as quarterback. This is for this year. Well, I see. Now, who, who would you have at number 10? If I was to go number 10, let's see. Um, I'm going to match you. I'm going to go with Jameis at 10. Uh, I loved what I saw from him last year. I think he's only going to get better. Uh, definitely not somebody as much as I'd love to say it's the best quarterback in the league right now. But I say number 10 is a fair, uh, fair spot for him. All right. And number nine I have, it may surprise you. I mean, his team's not great now losing Calvin Johnson. But I think Matthew Stafford 
is a quarterback that, I mean, I think he's a top-ten quarterback. Am I crazy? Am I delusional? Uh, you know I hate Georgia, so it's nothing to do with that. Matthew Stafford is an NFL top-ten quarterback. He's got a live arm, and he can throw it all over the field. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Stafford. Uh, I never really have been. Uh, my number nine quarterback is actually going to be Blake Bortles, uh, the young, the kid out of Jacksonville. Uh, he had a phenomenal year last year, one of only like three quarterbacks to throw 30-plus touchdowns. Uh, you know, I'm definitely – um, I think Blake is about to become the quarterback that a lot of people expected when he was drafted. All right, good one right there. Number eight, I have Carson Palmer. I agree. I agree 100%. I love Carson is – he he's just been good. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he's been excellent for this yeah. organization, for the Arizona. Well you, well, you saw Arizona. They were, what, 8-1 in 2014 when he went out, and they ended up making the playoffs and losing to Carolina last year. Um, Second-best record in, in the NFL, I believe. And they got beat by Carolina, but Carson Palmer was – runner-up for MVP, I put him at eight because, I mean, he was top ten. I put him higher had he beaten Carolina, but it seems like in some playoff games he he doesn't perform as well. So we both have him at number eight. At number seven, this may surprise you, the guy never wins anymore as much, but Phillip Rivers, I think he's, he's a top ten quarterback. I have him at number seven. Uh, you know, I, I, I like Phillip. I think he's uh... – He's a good. He's a good quarterback. Uh, he's just interesting um, as a human being. Uh, you know, I could definitely synthesize for him, and I'll agree with you. I'll put him at number seven. Uh, you know, the thing with Philip is, I don't think he's ever had a full team around him. I think he might. You know, if I compare him to Eli, I would rather have him, even though Eli has the two rings. Yeah, I don't care about Eli at all. So. We're at number six right now, and I have Russell Wilson. I think, you know, he's, he's proven it. He's, he's not just a game manager. He's a he's a difference maker on the field. I don't think he's top five. I think he's going to have to prove it even more to get up into that top five category. But I have him sitting right outside the top five at number six. Right. After what I saw from Russell this year, um, I definitely think – uh, he is the you know top five worthy. Um, I can agree with him being number six. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just piggyback on you on that one. Uh, you know I still need to see a little more from him as far as carrying the offense now that Marshawn is gone. Yeah, we'll see. And these are these are way too early preseason rankings, but. Quarterbacks are quarterbacks. Unless something drastic happens, I feel good about what I'm what I'm picking. I may tweak a little bit, but at number five, you got to start with Big Ben right here. And I know Flacco. People are wondering where's Flacco on the list. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just not a Flacco guy. Not for 2016. Now, if you had said two years ago, three years ago, maybe. But at number five, I, I put Big Ben. Uh, he's so important to Pittsburgh. The guy can play. He plays hurt. And he he keeps getting wins, Jonathan. Am I crazy or what? I'm actually gonna have Andrew Luck at five. Um, I think Luck is incredibly talented, albeit a little raw and a little turnover prone. Uh, but we have seen him carry a Colts team that 
really hasn't had much talent around him. So I, I, I'm going to put Luck at five. Okay. I have Andrew Luck at number four. Mm-hmm. Um, Who are you going to put at number four? My number four, I'm drawing a blank now. Oh, my number four is, uh, is Big Ben. You and I are just slept there. Uh, I love Ben. I think he's a great quarterback. You know, as long as, long as he can stay healthy, you know, that means going to carry Pittsburgh as far as uh, as, as he loves. At number three, with a four-game suspension, uh, I have Tom Brady. I, I still think you know he's one of the best in the game. Missing four games hurt him a little bit. I have him at number three. I agree. I'll put uh, put Tommy Brady at number three. Uh, I would drop him lower because of his age, but he just it just does not seem to phase him. So that goes up to number three. Number two, I have Aaron Rodgers. Um, the guy can throw the football. He can win some games. He had a he struggled last year. I think the Green Bay did overall, but I think they'll be back. Aaron Rodgers at number two. I'm gonna put Rodgers at two with you. With the uh, mainly, it's because we've seen certain teams without their top wide receivers and how they've been able to respond. And we saw Aaron, and Aaron got he just looked a little flustered and looked a little um, he had a little tougher time last year. Out of rhythm, out of sync, out of rhythm. Definitely, and I think that's that's an issue that really shouldn't happen. Uh, with somebody as good as Aaron, because we've seen Brady just be downright deadly no matter who's, who he's throwing the ball to. Uh, but I love Aaron. I think he's an incredibly talented quarterback. Um, so I believe yeah, we're going to agree on what, number one. Yeah, and you see what Roger, you saw what Roger did in Arizona. What a phenomenal comeback in Arizona in the playoffs. I mean, uh, do you remember that wild card weekend? Oh, yeah, a fantastic game. I mean, the comeback and then the comeback and then the comeback and then uh, we're just going to end it. I mean, you know, Rodgers has been part of some of the best games you're going to find, the Hail Mary against Detroit. You know, I mean, Rodgers yeah. can find a way to win games. He's an excellent quarterback, and the Packers are incredibly blessed that uh, the 49ers chose to take Alex Smith over their, over the hometown kids. Yeah, I'm telling you what, Aaron Rodgers is—he's a competitor. He all he cares about is winning, and you can tell he is such a sportsman. And I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers, and I'm starting to like him more and more. And and I'm and I'm sure that that Cuervo hates me by saying that. But let's move up to number one, and people and people, you know, I've said it for we've been on the air for five years. And I've been saying it for that long, four years, whatever. Cam Newton's going to be that level of a quarterback. I have Cam Newton at number one because he can run the football better than any quarterback in the NFL. His arm is can make every throw. And and what you said earlier, uh, when Aaron lost his best receiver, what happened with Cam? With Cam, when he lost his best receiver? Uh, well, he kind of took his team to the Super Bowl. So, yeah. you know, and I, I'm with you. I think Scam Newton is the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, and I think that this season's only going to get better. I mean, the only issue people had with uh, with Cam from a game standpoint was his uh, 
his accuracy on short to intermediate routes. Uh, other than that, I, you know, he he showed great touch and just all around an excellent feel for the game. Uh, and and I, I'm with you. I think he will be, could be, probably, and is the best quarterback in the National Football League. He is, and man, with Benjamin back this year, you've got the best tight end in the game, Greg Olson. I know people say Gronkowski, but the reason I say Olson's the best is because he plays every game. And Gronkowski gets a toenail hurt and he's out for six weeks. So, look, give wow. me Greg Olson. Give me that. Give me that competitor every day. And 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 there's something about it, like a quarterback that can run the football. I mean, when you when it's third down short, when it's third and three. Carson Palmer is no threat to run the football. Aaron Rodgers is no threat to run the football. Cam Newton is a weapon, and he changes defenses. He changes the way they approach games. So for that reason alone, Cam Newton is the best quarterback in the NFL. And if people want to dispute me, I can I can prove them wrong all day. Six four six seven one six five five six four. This is not a Cam Newton love affair here, Jonathan. I've been saying it for years, and if he sucks, I would tell you he sucks. If he sucks, right. you you would tell me you would tell me right now he sucks, wouldn't you? You'd tell me, sorry, Sarvin, you're you're crazy. Cam Newton sucks, but Cam Newton, we both agree, is the best quarterback in the NFL, and he proved it against Oregon. Jason Humphries is listening right now, slapping his ducks around in the national championship game as well. So I'd throw that in there, throw that jab in to Jason while he's listening in there in the studio. But. Um, mm-hmm. Is, is there a quarterback this year you're looking at that could could possibly make that top ten list? Remember, we have Flacco. We have uh, the kid out of Los Angeles. For some reason, I can't think of his name. It's not Los Angeles, but Oakland. Uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Carr. Yes, yes, Carr. People like that. There's quarterbacks out there. You like Blake Bortles? He's a bubble for me. Um, I want to see him not throw as many interceptions. I want to see him make better decisions, but he's got the body and the bill to be. Uh, but he plays for Jacksonville. You know, that's a, that's a problem when you're when you're like Cam Newton, Blake Bortles and everything. You play for teams that suck, and you have to really develop with them and build a team. What about Bridgewater? Do you think he's close to your list, or, or do you think he's just uh, No, I mean, well, let me ask you this. How high would you have had Peyton Manning? Um, I wouldn't have had him in my top ten. That's my response to Teddy Bridgewater then, because Bridgewater's no better than Peyton was last year. Yeah. Now, Peyton Manning, all time, yes. We're talking like right now. And, and, right. Uh, Jason's on the line right now, Jonathan. Let's see what Mr. Humphreys wants to talk about. Good evening, Jason. Hey, guys. I was just calling in the time about the Cam Newton to talk and what I – um, Newton Parts, the best quarterback in the NFL. It's really hard to disagree. Um, I, I want to say Aaron Rodgers is better, but Ken Newton sort of last all last year except won the game in the Super Bowl and whatnot. Um, it's well, Jason, what separates them? What separates them to us is. The fact that Cam can run the football. You get third down and three or something, you don't worry about Aaron Rodgers running. Your defense, you just have to lock down on the receivers. With Cam Newton, you have to account for him, which allows other players to be open and better. 
That's why Cam mm-hmm. Newton to me is is the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a very good point. Cam Newton's six two, six five, two hundred plus pounds and he's he's bigger than the most NFL running backs, so you can't run it the with them. He, yeah. He's bigger than defensive ends in the NFL. Yeah, that too. And he can, yeah, he he can blow by. What do, you, what do you think at Winston at number ten? We both have Winston at number ten. Is that too high? No, well, Winston was another um, quarterback that I saw that could break out to the top of ten. As much as I want to say, Mayota, been an Oregon fan, Mayota had a sub-pop rookie performance. Um, I know he got hurt with the MCL, but Winston really had a good rookie year. If it wasn't for Tardigudi, he probably wins the rookie of the year last year. So. Well, well, there's one quarterback I had in the top ten that Jonathan did. Tell me what you think. I could be wrong on this guy, Matthew Stafford. I had him at number nine. Um, if Stafford, Stafford's a good regular season quarterback. Regular season, you could make the argument top ten. Um, in the postseason, it's kind of like Tony Romo. Um, I don't believe that he has a playoff win in his career, does he? I don't think he does. No, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. Yeah. But also, what what what's probably going to affect my ranking and moving him out is Calvin Johnson's gone. Yeah. Calvin Johnson's gone. That, that means, you know, he's only as good as his receivers in his offensive line, which we've seen the offensive line of Detroit not be that good. And Jonathan um, dropped off just for a second. I'm sure he's coming back in, but I'll probably put Stafford down. If I was to put Stafford down, what do you think about Blake Bortles? Blake Bortles, um, I, I would say the next, next two quarterback off at the top ten, um, really good quarterback, but um, he's, he's an up-and-coming. got to see a little more from him. Um Jacksonville is forming a very good team down there. Um, when we talk about Stafford and his playoff struggles, um, if you have Stafford in there, where's Andy Dalton in there? Um, he's been to the playoffs every year in his career. Yes, he's a, he did he's it a last year. What? He's a choker. Yeah, you talk about playoff. He can't. Has he ever? Has, he's never won a playoff game, has he? No, he has. Um, Marvin Lewis, since he's been there, the Bengals haven't won a playoff game. So, that's well, Jason, it. That's yeah, it. We're, we're, we're talking NFL right now. I'm going to tell you the other night I watched the replay of the 2010 Auburn and Oregon game, and I'll go back and that that Oregon team was was real good that year. I mean, I know they went undefeated and and uh, Auburn barely beat them, but that, that kind of Oregon team, man, when are we going to see that, that kind of team back on the field again? And one thing I like about Oregon, and I noticed, is they never quit. You, you never can let your guard down on them because they'll surprise you with something. When are we going to see that back on the field again? Um, I don't know, because that 2011 season really came out of nowhere. Um, Hogan never been at national title game, and and Hogan just kept on winning. They found a way to win, even if 
the offense struggled or the defense struggled, they always pulled it out. Um, I think after that 2011, and what I really hate about most Oregon fans is the expectation is to get back there. And the people don't realize how hard it is to make it back to an national title game. And on a, um, yeah. I wouldn't have said the expectations is the reason why. Morgan's been close for a lot of seasons, um, but I would definitely love Oregon to take that next step. Well, all right. Fireball was, was in the studio. He dropped off. I was going to get his opinion. Uh, but, but let's move on, and maybe you can help me with this this last story before we go here. Um, you know, it comes out. Cam Robinson, are you familiar with Cam Robinson and the other Alabama player being arrested in Louisiana for drugs and a stolen firearm? Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw a post about it that an Alabama player didn't get arrested and why not. So. Well, the reason I wanted to bring this up is, is because, you know, the district attorney, whoever in Louisiana dropped the dropped the case, and he said he didn't want to hurt the career of these players that had blood, sweat, and tears on the field while they're sitting in an air-conditioning office. Jason, this makes me sick, the fact that that this guy had a stolen gun and drugs, and, and you know, drugs by itself, or, or the gun is one year, but when you combine it with drugs, it's five years. This is me or you would be five years in prison. This guy, because oh, yeah. he plays football in Alabama, gets off scot-free. And, and I think that's another problem we see with Johnny Manziel, never held accountable. You see mm-hmm. these players, you can go on and on and on. I could sit here all night and tell you about this list. But when are we going to wake up and quit putting athletes on pedestals and hold them accountable? Because it's killing the future of our country, man. The future of our country. Yeah, I- is being hurt because of, of these guys. And, yeah, you, you're a great football player, but so what? Does that mean you could carry an illegal weapon? Yeah, that's a stolen that's weapon? Definitely, that's definitely a good point because the, these last place are normal citizens. Yeah, they play for a big-time school, but they shouldn't get past when it comes to the law. Um, I don't know if if it was like you when you went to high school playing the ball, but our coaches really put us in a higher standard than everybody else. So even if we got caught with something, the punishment would have come down on us and whatnot. Yeah, and and that's another question. Even though they're not pressing charges, where does Nick Saban come in this? Is Nick Saban, which this is what Nick Saban's going to do, Okay, charges drop, no punishment here. I think as a head football coach of Alabama, you do have to punish him. You do have to punish those guys. You can't let them play. It's your, this is where I think the president of Alabama should come out and say, hey, we're not allowing this at, at our university. You're, not, you're no longer on this team anymore. You can go to the NFL next year when you want to, yeah. when, when the draft. But right now, you know, it's a privilege to get a scholarship and to play football in Alabama and get an education. So when, yeah, who's going to step true. up and be the first coach to to step up and do this? Mark Rigg did it. Look, he got him fired. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah. who's next? When is Saban, when is Saban going to put the well-being of kids ahead of women? Um, I, um, yeah, Nick, Nick Saban should have did that. He he should have um, set an example to the kid and to the team that you're not above the team. Um, I don't care if you're charged with anything you want to, you got caught off the field to really damage the reputation of this school and you should be something example, um, at least suspended um, for the USC game, at least. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's, it's just, and look, it's not me and my hate for Alabama. It's not that. It's, it's because you're great as a position. If Alabama lost Cam Robinson, you're looking at a 7-5 and five season, you know. And, and yeah. I just don't get it. I don't get how you're going to let it because he's so valuable. Just say if it was two backup players in Alabama, they'd probably be in jail and Saban would have kicked them off and, and lined up another five-star. But because he's the best player in the country at left tackle, he can do what he wants to do. And the message is clear. In Alabama, if you're a football player, you can do what you want to do. This is the same coach that brought a guy with, that raped women and beat women, brought him on the team, gave him another chance, a fifth chance, and he did the same thing again. And so Nick Saban yeah. is a great coach, but he, he he has no idea when it comes to disciplining players how to do it. I don't care what anybody says. Well, with Nick Saban being one side from the bear from trying the Bears record, he might just be strictly on that tax. And he doesn't care what kind of place that he has. If, if it takes him winning a title, he will put anything past that. Yeah. So. Well, Jason, I appreciate you joining me, my friend. Take care of yourself, and we'll see you soon. Um, we're just going to have just a few more minutes left. And, and I just wanted to to talk about this, and this is not to bash Nick Saban, everybody out there. This is the problem with a lot of coaches and a lot of things going on. Look at Art Bryles, the things that's going on at Baylor. Look at look at Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss about to get the death penalty because you, you let things go. Lack of institutional control. You let things go. Things happen. Now Ole Miss, you're about to pay some serious, serious consequences. But when it happens in Alabama, it's okay. And that's my problem with it. My problem is everybody else gets hammered. Baylor, which they deserve, but Baylor deserves the death penalty for what's going on there. They're getting hammered. Ole Miss is getting hammered. But Alabama has more SEC violations football-wise than any team. And yet, you know, it's okay because right now they're, they're winning football games and Nick Saban is the type of coach. This is the man – his first year at Alabama, I, I can't remember the, the receiver's name. It's, it's trying to come to me right now. But they were playing Louisiana Monroe. They, Saban suspended him. D.J. Hall, I believe his name was, suspended him for the entire game indefinitely. Uh, they were losing at halftime. He brings D.J. Hall back in the game, takes the suspension off. They still lose. Nick Saban cares about one thing and one thing only and winning. And when you make that kind of money every year, it's going to change the way you view things. I'm sorry. If, if the difference between you making $10 million and nothing 
is turning your blind eye to some of these players, then that's the problem. You know, you have players being kicked off. Auburn had a couple of players arrested for weed. We haven't had, had a court day yet, but I guarantee you they're going to be missing some time. Nick Marshall got pulled over, had a had a blunt, had just a just a small amount of marijuana, and, and guess how long it's been him. But Cam Robinson with an illegal stolen weapon and drugs and arrested in Louisiana will not miss a snap. You can guarantee it. Those players at Auburn that, that got in trouble, they'll probably miss a game or two. They're not going to not not miss a game. And that's the problem I have is, you know, some schools do it different. I get it. But all these coaches need to come together and get on the same page. And maybe it doesn't come from the school. It comes from the conference. Maybe the NCAA or something. But if you do this, this is your punishment. You have to have some procedures and standards in place. You can't let a coach decide, you know, when he's going to suspend somebody and when he's not because what's going to happen is Cam Robinson would play against Southern Cal, but the next week when they play Tulane or, or whatever other SDS school they get a hold of, that's when he'll sit out. And that's, that's what's not right. You cannot put winning ahead of what's right. And I think Cuervo's with us for a minute. Cuervo, welcome to the show, bud. Hey, what's going on, Brian? How you doing? I'm just I'm just talking about Cam Robinson and the fact that they're going to drop charges and he's never going to miss a down for Alabama. After being arrested with a stolen gun and drugs, he's not even going to miss a snap. <laughs> what if his name was, I don't know. Cam Robinson. Yeah, well, no, I'm saying, what if his name was, uh, I don't know, David, not the basketball player, but just Dave Robinson or, or Brian He'd be Robinson. kicked off the team. He'd exactly. be in jail That's serving five years. He'd be serving five years in a jail. Right minimum. And, uh, minimum. For, for that and, much drugs, yeah, minimum. And, and, and what I was saying is Ole Miss is, is getting hammered right now. They're, they're getting in some serious trouble. Nick Marshall got caught with a, a little weed a couple of years ago. Malzahn suspended him for a half. Auburn had a couple of players arrested for marijuana a few months ago. Hadn't gone to court, but I guarantee you they'll be suspended. But Cam Robinson and then gets a, a legal stolen gun and drugs, and he's not going to miss a down. And it's Nick Saban's fault. Okay, if I'm Nick Saban, I'm like, look, this is my program. And I don't care what the district attorney in Louisiana is going to do. This is what happens. You're done or you're suspended. Something. There's got to be some consequences because we're just setting. This is what what's wrong with the youth of the day. They grow up entitled. These athletes do. And then when they get to the NFL, you see, oh, that is the crap storm of people getting in trouble all the time, doing stupid things. It's because their college coach, all they cared about was winning. Their high school coach, all they cared about was winning. And now here they are trying to be adults, and they can't recuperate. They can't turn around, Cuervo. They're already, they're already formed. Well, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> welcome to the world of, of the pressure of coaching in the South, because that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's you know, we can we can talk about morals all we want, but when you when you really get down to the nitty gritty of it, Brian, I mean, the truth of the matter is these coaches have a lot of pressure on them because you can be 
you can be a hero one day, you could be a zero the next. And and that's that's the really the ugly truth about it. And, and that's what I said. You know, it's like ten million dollars. I mean, the difference between a ten million dollar contract a year is is you kind of turning a blind eye to some stupidness sometimes. That protects your investment. That protects your family. That protects your net worth. And that's the problem. These coaches are making too much money. Yeah, they are. But you know, I mean, that's that's it's it's like the domino effect. You know, the uh, the president. The presidents of certain, well, all universities, they have they have a lot of pressure, which puts pressure on the athletic directors, and then the athletic directors put pressure on the coaches, and it just kind of trickles down to the players, to you know, to everybody, to uh, you know, turn a blind eye to things that happen. And if you want, if you want to play the moral police, uh, you know, throughout your career, then you're going to wind up being you know, a guy that that gets you know jobs that really you're not going to get that that big time job that you want. You know, because you want to run a clean program. Um, I mean, that's it's good luck with that. I mean, yeah. that's all you can really say. Yeah. Well, Ole Miss tried it. You know, they tried the. You know, the pressures are mounting. Ole Miss wanted to be good again, and, and we saw probably a lot of illegal things happening at Ole Miss is coming out now. I mean, they, I heard a reporter said that the stepfather of Tussle said, if you want to see what Ole Miss is like, go back and watch the old movie with Nick Nolte, Blue Chips. Blue Chips, I think that's the name of it. Mm-hmm. That's how dirty college, college football has become, and the pressure, it's like, Okay, Hugh Freeze, you're going to be Ole Miss, but we need you to win the SEC. Well, how do you do that as Ole Miss without getting the players? Well, how do you get the players to come to Ole Miss? You got to pay them, man. You got to do some some outside of the box things, uh, borderline unethical to get them there. And then when you get caught, well, what, what? What? I mean, Hugh Freeze is going to be the one to take the fall. And that's how it always works, cousin. Is it? Head coach is always going to be the uh, the uh, the scapegoat. I mean, look at Art Bryles and Baylor. I mean, you you can't put the total blame on him as far as everything that happened down there. <clears throat> you mean to tell me that the athletic director and and other people at that university did not know anything about what was going on? Yeah, the coach is just as guilty, but so are so is everybody else that has any type of direct reflection of that football program down there in in Waco. So that's how it works, Brian. The the scapegoat is always the head coach. It's easy to point the finger at him because he's the head coach. But if you you want to think outside the box and be smart about it, you have to think about everybody else that has any type of direct impact on the football program and I mean, everybody from the 80 to the president, you know, they all have an impact. They all have some sort of of uh, involvement. So they're just as yeah. guilty. You're right. Well, hey, to have some fun with you right quick before we go, Jonathan and I went through the 2016 top NFL quarterback list. And I, want, and I made a mistake. I put Stafford in forgetting about Calvin Johnson, so I erased it. So I changed one of mine, number nine. Do you want to – 
you want to play along and listen to ours and see what you think? Yeah, that, yeah, I like that. That sounds, sounds good to me. Uh, and number 10, believe it or not, we both agreed on this, Jameis Winston. And this is for this year. Okay. What do you think? Too high, too low? Too high. Yeah, I, I don't think he's top 10 yet. That's just my opinion. It's nothing against Winston or, you know, or anything like that. I just I don't think he's there yet. All right, maybe you can tell us who is in a minute. And number nine, he had Blake Bortles, and I'll, I'll put Joe Flacco in. Mm, I like Flacco. I think Flacco's – you can argue Flacco. Uh, Bortles, oof, I would probably – well, I have to hear the rest of the list. He's yeah, I can't put him questionable for me. Yeah, at number eight, we both had Carson Palmer. Wow. You talk, and you talk about at a guy seven. that really turned his career around, Carson Palmer. Yeah, at seven. At seven, we both had Philip Rivers. Okay. At six, at six, both of us had Russell Wilson. At five, I had Big Ben. He had Andrew Luck. At number wow, four, okay. I had Andrew Luck. He had Big Ben. At three, we both had Tom Brady. At number two, we both had Aaron Rodgers. And at number one, we both had Cam Newton. What are your thoughts? <laughs> of course. Of course. No I, mean, I can thoughts, prove man. it, though. I can, I can <laughs> prove it, though. I mean, it's easy, easy, easy to prove. Well, I mean, I'm surprised. And remember, it's for this year. And remember, it's for this year. It's not like the last five or it's just going into 2016, who are the best quarterbacks. I had Brady at three because of his four-game suspension. Um, You know. Yeah, the one he's not going to serve. The one he's not going to win. You don't think he will? No. You don't think he will? Nope. Okay. So, so who's, who's the best quarterback in your mind? Who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now, Jim? Well, I mean, as much as much crap as I give you about Cam Newton, I mean, how can you argue against that? I mean, the guy puts up monster numbers. Um, you know, he's a he's the MVP <laughs> of the league, and for good reason. I mean, the Panthers went what fifteen and one, fourteen and two last year, and count. I mean, what did he not do is the question. I mean, people are like, well, what did he do that made him that he should get MVP? What did what didn't he do? I mean, he, I mean, last year was was fun. He had a phenomenal he season. A, he did it without Calvin Benjamin in the lineup, the, the guy that was rookie of the year, I think, the year before. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers. I know you hate his square votes, but, but the guy is just he's clutch. He he, he makes some great throws. He that come back against Arizona the, the way he did in the playoffs. I know you hate him, but wouldn't you agree he had to be in the top five? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I do hate the Packers and I think everybody knows that. But at the same time I have to be you know, I got I'm gonna get my honest opinion when it comes to you know, when somebody asks me about it. So yeah, Rogers he's in the top five. Well, uh, you know who I left off my list that I didn't put in there? What an idiot. 
That's why you do these. You don't do these. You think about these things before you do it. Tony Romo, how's he not in the list? Well, I mean, he was hurt last year, so I mean, unless you're assuming that I'm going into this year. Yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah. if you're going to put him in your top ten, then what you're telling me is that you think he's going to stay healthy the whole most of the season, play at least twelve games, and be productive, real productive. Yeah, I do. I think I would probably replace him with. Uh, I would probably put put him at number nine and put Flacco down to ten and bump Winston out of the top ten. That's probably what I would do. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, Brian. Um, I, I mean, a couple of years from now, I think we we would have that argument as far as James being top ten. This year, I mean, you you missed it this morning. On that being said, with myself and Sonny, we were talking about the Bucks, and um, I just think you know I'm, I believe in the sophomore slump. A lot of people don't, and they think it's it's dumb to you know think about those things, but. I think there's some truth to it. I mean, if you notice, a lot of quarterbacks, their second year, it just it just doesn't – it's very rare that you see a quarterback have a good second season. So, um, I think I think it's going to hit Jameis, and um, hopefully he doesn't get hurt, but I just think – I just don't think the numbers are going to be there. Well, the, the problem is in that sophomore year, you think you're you've done good as a rookie, but these defensive coordinators have a year to to look at film on you, and the next time they play you, they shut you down, and then it's a mental game, isn't it? And then it's mentally you have to you have to overcome that. I think that's the key. Yeah, I, I, well, that and I think for James specifically, it's it's going to be about play calling, and you know, Sonny is Sonny cannot stand Tampa's new head coach. And, and I'm starting to buy into the whole, you know, Dirk Cotter thing as far as him not being a very good coordinator, not a very good coach. And I think that's what's going to hurt James this year too is just I think oh. the play calling is going to be predictable. Teams are going to know what they're doing before they even line up. And it's really going to hurt Tampa Bay offensively. And I just, that's why I'm, I'm not big on Tampa at all this year. I think I think they're going to have a really – they're going to have a bad year. That's my I need to study prediction. them more. And remember, this is, these were the way, way too early predictions. And mm-hmm. I need to study Tampa. But it looked like they took some strides last year. But I forgot all about Dirk Potter taking over. Who was the head coach last year? Was that Smith, Lovey Smith? It was Lovey, yeah. And they fired him. Um, any reason why they fired him, did they say? Um, I just think that the offense was so bad, which that's what you get with the Lovey Smith team. You're not going to get much offense. You better have a good solid kicker because those are the only points you're really going to be scoring are field goals. Um, but I mean, the defense was, was starting to really mold into a, a good solid unit. And now, I mean, they added Brent Grimes from Miami and, you know, you would think, all right, they're going to move into the right direction, and then they turn around and they fire Lovey and they bring in an offensive-minded guy. I think it, I think it, it's going to, you know, hurt the defense, and they're going to take a step back. Tampa Bay is going to be a bad. Kind of like Chicago, year. wasn't it? Kind of like Chicago back when they 
they had that great defense, and then they brought an offensive-minded coach in, and it screwed everything up. Yeah, it did. It did. I mean, it, it was a total 180. It went from a bad defense with – or a, a good defense with no offense to a good offense with no defense and kind of made you think, like, God, I wish Lovey was still around because the defense was just <laughs> – I mean, I'm talking Charles Barkley, terrible. It was bad. You get used to you get used to watching your team shut down opponents and low scoring games, and all of a sudden you're having to put up 40 to win. There's a problem. I mean, it it's, it was it, yeah. I mean, it was so head scratching to watch. I just I, I I don't know. I'm surprised I didn't throw anything at the TV and destroy it because. I would get so mad, and you know, I just didn't. I didn't know what to think. I was like, I can't. I can't do this no more. But it was. It was frustrating. It was real frustrating. It's why it's good to have red zone. It's why it's good to have red zone or something. You watch other games, but hey, Andrew Luck is, is he overrated? Do you think we all put him up there because of who he's supposed to be? But has he earned that that ranking? Really? I mean, Andrew Luck is. I mean, he's a good quarterback, but, man, last year he looked like just garbage. And, and well, do you I think, think he can come back to form to win again? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I mean, for for Andrew Luck's sake, I mean, you know, he's still really young. What is he, 24 probably, 25 at most? He's still really young. He's probably um, 20, yeah, 26 or something. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's super young still. I mean, he's he's in his fifth year, going into his fifth year. Um, I think that they're paying him the way they the way they just paid him is more about what the expectations are. Like this is what you think we think you're going to be worth in the next ten years. So um, it, it's is it a mistake to do that? You can debate that. There's some guys that wind up performing and then there's some guys that don't and um, I think what a lot of the, 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 the opinion a lot of people have on luck you know is based off of last year you got to remember I mean he he was out half the season he was hurt he had a rub with a spleen rupture or something like that it was it was a real major injury and I think um, you know a lot of and people are playing their players. opinions off of that and even when he was playing, he, his arm wasn't early on. Remember in the season when, when – or maybe that was the spleen, but remember when he was throwing all those interceptions and, and everything uncharacteristic? And there was something going on then, I think. They were playing him. He wasn't 100%. And then the spleen happened, right? I mean, that, that's possible. Either that or he was pissed off that they're making him play hurt. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe something else happened before that. And he was pissed off that they were making yeah. him play injured, and he was like, "Fine, I'm just going to throw literally throw games away." So, um, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just, you know, just kind of speaking out loud or thinking out loud. Maybe you never know. I mean, I think we're going to see the Andrew Luck that we saw two years ago. We're going to see him again this year. Yeah. Well, it's, it's their division to lose. You know, I mean, the Colts. I know people talk about Houston and. And things like that. I think the Colts on their way, but Cuervo, we're about to have to, to 
call it a night here at Way in Sports Talk. Anything you want to talk about before we go here? Yeah, how about the Bulls getting Rajon Rondo for two years, huh? Let's get excited, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Rondo, is he still around? Uh, I thought he was tired. No, he's still around. He, he's going to be in Chicago for the anybody. Next he can't get along with anyone. And now he's going to come and disrupt any kind of chemistry Chicago had. I think getting rid of Rose is going to – Rose went to New York, right? Yeah. I think that's the best thing to, that's the best thing to happen in Chicago in a long time. And now you end up getting this guy? Come on. <laughs> I think the best thing about it is they're paying him about five to ten million bucks less than they, they paid Rose. It's probably the best thing. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what else they do. You know, they lose Rose, they lose Noah, Cal Gasol's about to walk out the door. You know, it's time to start well, what, about, guys. what about Durant? What about Durant? Where's he going to go? Hey, you I know, know what? People... Maybe there might have been a secret meeting in Chicago with Durant, and he decides he's going to go there. You never know. The Bulls are known for having secret meetings with guys. Did you? Did I Did I tell you about that story, Brian, with, um, with the Bulls back in 1997? No. I'm sure you heard this story. If if you watch a lot of ESPN, read a lot of ESPN. So back in 97, there was an actual trade that the Bulls tried to pull off where they were going to trade Scottie Pippen to the Toronto Raptors for Tracy McGrady the night that he got drafted by the Raptors. That was actually a trade that was that was about to happen. But then MJ came in and said, uh-uh, that's, that's, no, no, that's not going to happen. So the Bulls are known to do secret meetings, Brian. I don't know. It's been, I know it's been 20 years, but you never know. I think Durant may end up with Boston, man. And I know that sounds crazy. I think that's the best move for him. But if he decides that he's not going to go to Boston, then he needs to go back to Oklahoma City. Yeah, people are saying Golden State, and I'm just I don't see that happening. I don't know. You only play with too one many, too many, Ryan. too just, many superstars. Yeah, too many superstars on that team, man. You got Curry, Thompson, and imagine you put Durant in there with the other ball kicker they got down there in the bottom. He won't hit shots. I mean, nobody's gonna. I mean, it'll be a war. Who's gonna shoot? I don't know. Just throw it around and whoever's open. But I mean, they do shoot a lot of threes, and and um, I don't think Durant fits that style too well. Yeah, I I don't think he would like it there. I mean, it's obviously it'd be his best chance to win a ring. Uh, I don't, but I don't think he would like it. I think it's one of those situations where it sounds like a good idea when when you're about to do it, but then when you do it then you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Situation. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll know soon where Durant's going to be, probably by tomorrow. Maybe he'll call some fireworks, you know, on the There you go. Live. But, but Cuervo, man, thanks for joining me, buddy. I've got a uh, – my dog hates fireworks, by the way, and I have to go eat some dinner and make sure he's – I've soundproofed the man cave in here, so hopefully this will help him with his fear of fireworks. So. I've got to get right, off here right. before people start shooting. All right, All buddy. Right. You take care. 
Yep, you too. You too. Have a good one. You too. And all listeners out there, join us next Sunday night around 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be back and listen to that being said next Sunday morning. Sports Talk with the guys next Saturday morning. So, guys, have a great 4th of July. Be safe. Don't blow your hand off. Take care.